The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded June 22nd, 2018. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, Jeff McCallum here. I have for you today an interview that I conducted at this year's Sled Island Music Festival in Calgary, Alberta. This one in particular was a chat I had with Aura Kogan and we it kind of got a little heavy. She definitely had some stuff she wanted to get off her chest and it's great. I uh, It's one of my favorite interviews I did that weekend and I really applaud Aura for you know speaking out about things that she believed in but not in a one sided way like she was down there really wanting to get a second side to the side that she believes which I think is something that most people don't do so I have a lot of respect for Aura after meeting with her this interview is great I hope you enjoy it Uh, just bear in mind the audio isn't as good as it could be I was still trying to figure out my portable recording device so I'm very very quiet and Aura sounds great and and there's some lovely birds in the background because it was a beautiful setting that we had this interview anyways I'm going to stop talking and let you hear my chat with Aura Kogan. Taking some time away from her Sled Island experience to join me on Inside the Artist Studio is Montreal's Aura Kogan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And now I hear that maybe Montreal isn't accurate anymore. That's true. (laughs) Actually, um, I'm in the process of moving back to the West Coast. Uh, My partner is in the mountains as we speak with all of our worldly possessions in the van, and he dropped me off here to play the festival. (laughs) 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 And we're meeting up in Victoria to move in um, July 1st, but I don't know if I live there yet. I'm I'm, I'm just going to say that I live on the road until we actually make up our minds for more than six months this time, because we were only in Montreal for about ten. So, yeah. I live on the road. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You were in, weren't you in Vancouver before? I've I've moved. I, this is really silly, but I've yeah I've moved like about every six months for the past few years. It's really ridiculous. We've lived all over on the Gulf Islands, um, Tofino, Squamish, Vancouver, um, Montreal. And, and then spent a bunch of time in Europe in between tours as well. So um, I feel really lucky. You know, I don't have kids and I don't have, um, at, at this moment in time, you know, I'm able to just kind of float around. And because, you know, it's not the most lucrative profession in the world, it's kind of, sometimes it's easier to be transient. Yeah, so, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a weirdo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I would love to be able to... Move to a couple cities because, like, I love visiting cities, but after a while, 
you don't really get to know the city for like the four days that you're there. So that's true. Yeah, it can feel a little bit super superficial. I think one of the cool things about being on tour is you find you find ways to like deepen the conversation really quick with people. Otherwise, it's just small talk forever, yeah. you know. Or like, yeah, actually, you know, get a chance. And when you travel alone too, as I do sometimes without the band, you really get a little bit more embedded into places quicker. Yeah. You know, to get to get a sense for different cities and get to see what people are up to and um there's yeah there are, lot, there are lots of great people out there in lots of different parts of the world so absolutely yeah so we're here sled island calgary 2018 how are you enjoying it so far <laughs> yeah i love it it's great it's uh it's been um as as per usual just really fun to get to see so many friends and so many incredible artists perform and we had a lot of fun playing our shows um i definitely have to say that i've been like a little bit heavy-hearted with all the political stuff that's going on right now so i'm not in i'm not really in party mode i'm like okay like music's political too like how do we you know enjoy all of this but also kind of respond a little bit to you know res- well not a little bit respond a lot to what's going on right now in the world okay, so, um, yeah. sorry I, I'll get you to explain because this episode might not come up for a couple months okay so where are we right now oh man <laughs> well I think that I don't know like in my world um, what I'm aware of right now to an extreme is the kids that they're detaining at the border in the states thousands of like over a thousand children something like 1500 children or more i'm, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong i'm not sure but it's it's it's, it's, brut- it's really evil and um and being jewish it's really reminiscent of something and then and also the the political stuff that's going on between bc and alberta from british columbia and um, you know anti-pipeline through and through so and and just like just in awe of like we're at this you know this critical moment in the course of human history where we are um, so in need of renewable energy and um, and we're throwing ourselves under the bus and it's scary and it's 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 ridiculous pitting the provinces you know against each other like all this stuff like I, I wanted to make so many jokes on the stage but I didn't know how they'd fly I'd just be like so I'm gonna sell some wine out of the back of the van or something and like I don't it, it just it feels you know like all these kind of really like banal arguments between people being like you don't understand our jobs or economy or like you don't understand our environmental issues and like it's like okay guys we're all like humans right let's try to figure this out together we're we start by finding the one commonality our kids are well our our kids are all gonna you know suffer with all of the consequences of the decisions we make collectively together you know so anyways that's that's where my heart and my head are at as well as sled and being in calgary it's very much like right there you know it's like hello alberta well calgary is hurting I don't know if you know this from walking around. Calgary is hurting as a city, mm. economically, financially. So, yeah, it might be a good thing you didn't say it on stage, but we got the platform right here for you to. I don't. Speak. I don't feel like any any entitlement to preach it anybody. I don't think yeah. I know something that anybody doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's more um, like yeah. I, 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 
I, I get that, you know, things are not in a good place here, but they're not back home either, and they're certainly not out east. And anywhere I can think of right now, like, there's there's a lot of... We're up to our ears in crises. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I don't... Yeah, I don't mean to... Well, that's, that's exactly maybe why I didn't say something on the stage. It's like, I don't want to come off as another, you know preachy hippie from the west coast i'm just like i'm i'm just um i wrote a lot of the songs on crickets on this album i wrote that are that are pretty political and some of them came specifically from you know my experience um seeing the impacts of resource extraction projects go down and how painful and 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 really like violent that can be in um and uh, and not you know not in a pointing fingers kind of way to like any workers or anybody that's involved because of course we're all complicit in oil mm-hmm. and you know uh, culture and being you know uh, a part of a, a society that's really extractive yeah, yeah. but more as a in a way of um, seeing the the impacts of all of this and knowing that we really do have a responsibility to um, treat it like the crisis that it is when we're killing so much of the planet's uh, animals and causing so much harm um, as a society to indigenous communities and you know um, just th- throwing our our grandchildren and great grandchildren under the bus you know with with all of the stuff and that uh, and and getting to see the like f- you know being out in remote communities and getting to see how the JRP hearings went down and all that kind of stuff and seeing like these like kind of pseudo court hearings with you know pro oil yeah, the the National Energy Board, mm-hmm. you know, coming in to town and being like, oh yes, you know, we're really listening to you, you know, and then hearing these, you know, really, I'd, I'd encourage more than just rambling on about it, I'd encourage anybody that's listening to just listen, to listen to everybody. Like I'm, I definitely I like come, I come, I come here and like, I mean, I'm talking a lot because you're interviewing me, but for the most part, I've been going around just asking people what they think about all this and trying to listen to people here too. Right. Mm-hmm. And seeing where they're coming from and seeing what their perspectives are on all this and what their, what their take is on all of it. And I'd ask the same, it's like, just like before you get really defensive about all this stuff, before you make up your mind about what, what, people you know where, where we're you know coming from or where what we're, we're thinking about all this just like go and listen to the testaments that people made you know in Bella Bella for the JRP hearings go listen to like Melina Labukan Massimo who's you know from the Labukan Creek First Nation up you know that they're their traditional territories impeded by the tar sands like just listen to the people you know that that are like you know in, in all perspectives and all this and hear what they have to say and what their perspectives are and what their logic and rationale is and what they're actually asking for without getting defensive because the like one thing i know from having a middle eastern family is like we we all very quickly impose our worst fears and our anger and frustration on each other you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, it's not. Um, we need to be doing the opposite. We need to find our like in general right now. We need to find our common hu- humanity and some you know 
to be treating everybody like humans and with human rights, which is like, yeah, bringing Jordan Peterson like crumbling before our eyes. I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm, it's too early to have a filter. I'm no, ranting. That, that, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> Guys like me love it when there's no filter. Okay, good. Because like all I've been like doing is trying to wrap my head around how you know people like him and Donald Trump and whoever else are trying to drag us by the hair back into the 50s, mm-hmm. and I'm furious. You know, not you know at any particular individual other than the jerks that are in power but like more at this kind of um these cultural phenomena like why how anybody would allow somebody so toxic and and you know uh archaic to to rise to such acclaim yeah yeah. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's the, that's all I'm doing right now is I'm just sitting down and listening and trying to pay attention, being like, okay, like these ideas aren't new yeah. and it's not particularly interesting to me, but how did they get so popular in an era where I thought we, I thought we kind of went through, you know, uh, just basic ideas of common decency and how, you know, uh, you know, we, yeah. It seems to me that you're an optimist, and it's hurting you right now to be an optimist. <laughs> it's way better to be a pessimist like me in, this, in times like this. <laughs> you don't have... Um, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily an optimist. Um, I I want to be, and I need to be, because I can't afford not to be. I can't afford to be uh, apathetic or... To um, to give up on things, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I I think a lot of uh, and it, it depends on I think a lot of people aren't um, doing what they need to do to metabolize all of this information. They're just shutting down, mm-hmm. you know, without um, building up like the the enzymes that you need to be able to digest all of the the stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to do for myself and trying to you know communicate. And I guess is you know. To find a way to not not be ignorant of the um, um, it's bad, you know, like not <laughs> not to pretend that it's not bad, mm-hmm. but to say okay. There are things that we're responsible for. I forget who said it, but I, I really liked it. Like when it comes to environmental stuff, someone said. Um, something along the lines of, you know, if your mother is sick and dying, you don't start taking, you don't stop taking care of her, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to all of the social, political stuff that's tied into all of that as well, um, you don't stop taking care of each other. Um, I, I believe in people enough, and I've seen enough good in people to know that we can get it together. Maybe not to to reverse all the harm that we've done. Um, obviously, there and and not in any idealistic way. It's like slow burning, hard work, and a lot of different ways that we all have, and we're not all going to agree on how to move forward. Me and you know my friends and community might have a different way than than other people and that's okay but but yeah i do um yeah it's not that i'm optimistic it's that i just feel like there's just work that needs to get done yeah yeah. 
Okay, well, that was an unexpected start to the, the show here. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that is awesome. I really enjoyed that. Um, Good we morning. Need talk, we do need to talk about crickets. Um, your album that you released late last year, to much acclaim, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about it. Well, the, the good thing is that I just kind of did. Yeah. You know, like the, is it really that political? Yes. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I, I feel like maybe that's the way that I failed, that I was too soft-spoken about these things or not articulate enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's one song that's about exactly about you know uh sexism i can't even believe that that's a debatable topic but um you know just uh about the experience that i've had as a woman um and and the kind of sexualized violence and harm that i've seen in the music world since being 14 and picking up a guitar for the first time till now mm-hmm. and another song is about the tar sands and about yeah that experience i was telling you about going to those jrp hearings um, and just feeling de- devastated, you know, like that that people, good people, can like like just let really bad things happen when it's out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. and um, and just you know seeing like oil execs and all that stuff, like you know, there's like a line that says like take a damn photograph, and it's from being out on you know the front lines of a protest and seeing this lawyer someone who just like waved right at me and smiled and took a picture of me in like this kind of threatening way like oh I know you're doing this or something you know like just trying to scare me mm-hmm. um yeah um that's like the song Wind in the Waves is all about that mm-hmm. you know and it's it's just about the like endless greed of of you know the 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 kind of way that we've set things up to just the endless consumer capitalist society that just wants to eat everything forever that there's like endless profit endless mm-hmm. resource extraction until we've just used everything up and just completely raped the world mm-hmm. and um, so that that's what that song's about and then <laughs> not to get like so heavy but it's true this is weird I'm just being honest. Um, like all of those songs you know there's another one that's kind of more of a consoling thing where I was like on the tour in the states during the election of Trump and I was with a girlfriend of mine who's really political as well and we uh you know, we just kept on going and playing communities where people were like going through a lot of trauma and like really grieving and scared. And um, and I wrote this song, "Darling," you know, as kind of a consolation of like, you know, uh, the magic's being abused, and you know, just just trying to do something gentle. I guess sonically, I was hoping that crickets would be. Or what, what I was doing it for for myself was to kind of create that enzyme to be able to metabolize all this stuff to be like to create some kind of sonic space that to me felt magical and powerful and good and spoke a little to to what's going on around me and what's going on around all of us and 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 without being you know preachy or or um, too literal, just like feeling through all this stuff and being real with it and creating some kind of space where it can exist or a response can, can exist. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to say the same thing that, that people that have my political perspective are saying over and over again. When we abuse language, it dies. Like, people just stop listening to you. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to do some, something in a different way. Yeah, and it, it was an amazing album. So Thanks. I, uh, I didn't realize it was so politically driven, so I think your idea of kind of subtly doing it mm-hmm. worked well, for sure. <laughs> I, uh, 
I, I, I will be honest. I like I love the record. I listen to it a lot, but I, I don't get a chance anymore to really digest records because I always have with the cups and cakes. I just God, there's another one. There's another one. There's another, there's another one. So um, I did really love the record, though. Thank you so much. I'm gonna go back and listen to it a little bit closer. Yeah, cool. It's yeah. I also like the way that it came about was really natural. Like it just like all the songs and you know the people that I worked with were so fantastic like recording with Tom Dice and um, working with you know all the musicians that are on the record that are and that are touring it as well like they're the best people ever they're so yeah so talented and so um, yeah so creative so it's it's been one of those projects as an album that was just um, just really fun through and through and really easy. We recorded the whole thing in a week, which oh, is nice. really weird. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, while I got you here, let's yeah. talk about a video <laughs> you just put out, The Moonbeams. Cool. Yeah, what well, can you tell me about, uh, like, who directed it, uh, what, where the idea came from, um, people could see it? Yeah, Moonbeam, or Kogan, YouTube, I guess. Um... John Eastwards, he's a, one of, I mean, being in Montreal was great. It was um, a fantastic experience to get to, you know, see so much really cool art and music there. But yeah, John is this magical, surreal photographer who's actually never shot a music video before. This is his first one. Oh, wow. And we shot it in his little home studio which is basically his own like elven lair that's just full of yeah a million like little glistening fake flowers and weird little contraptions and things and um he's yeah you should definitely check out his photography john eastwards and then he had his friend Justin, who's a professional dancer, who's one of my elves, and the other one of my elves is uh, Joni uh, Joni Void. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's like an exceptional experimental artist. But he somehow agreed to being one of my elves in this <laughs> video. So I'm like this kind of I'm a fairy queen. And I'm kind of bummed out because things are a little tough right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they're kind of dancing around, consoling me a little bit. Um, <laughs> I think that that's that, that's the gist of it for the most part. There's a lot of trippy light and reflective. I mean, John's it's pretty psychedelic. Yeah, well, nice lots colors. of the best things are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you had a lot of fun making it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. It's always fun when you put on like a lot of sparkly, you know, there's a, a big kind of bohemian thrift store that just around the corner, so we just got to pillage that and came up with this like gold Elizabethan gown and... Um, I don't know. I think I've always just wanted to be an elf, so it's, you know, <laughs> finally got to fulfill that life dream of just being an elf and hanging out with elves all day, um, which I wouldn't mind if, you know, if anybody wants to hire me to be an elf, I'd quit music in a heartbeat and just do that instead. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't talk about politics. I would only just, like, frolic around and eat mushrooms. and <laughs> Yeah, it'd be fine. Sounds like a good life. Yeah. So, 
What does the rest of 2018 have in store? I have no idea. I'm going to play some shows, which is generally the way things seem to go. Um, I am probably going to get arrested (laughs) fighting the Trans Mountain Pipeline. (laughs) Um, I hope not, but I don't know. guessing that's that's some kind of... uh, I'd rather do so many other things, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm guessing that there's going to be something um, political in the next year going on. Considering what's going on in the world, I should probably do something useful other than playing a guitar. Um, Okay, well, one thing we do here at Inside the Other Studio after we uh, kind of talk about what you've been up to is more uh, to try to figure out some stuff about you personally. We have a rapid fire question here. Okay. And uh, it doesn't really dig <laughs> too, too deep. Uh-oh. But uh, <laughs> at least we can lighten up the mood maybe a little bit. Sure. Because you still got to laugh. I mean, yes, there's a lot of stuff to cry about, but you still got to laugh sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you need to laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, what album sparked your love of music? Uh, Sade. Yeah, Sade. Was it Deluxe? I think I bought it by mistake when I was 12. Oh, no way. <laughs> and fell in love with it. Yeah. Nice. Smooth stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's your current musical obsession? <sighs> There's this fantastic band called Morning, like Grieving Morning, a black star from Cleveland, and I'm absolutely determined to get them to come to Western Canada somehow come hell or high water, I really, really, really want to see them perform around here they're so fantastic very cool, Uh, burgers or pizza? pizza how do you take your coffee? Ooh, I wanted to say black, but I'd be lying um, because I think black coffee is cooler. But yeah, with <laughs> with lots of half and half. <laughs> Alcohol or marijuana? I'd also like to say weed because I think weed is cooler than booze. But I don't actually really smoke weed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe like a little bit of. I don't know. Maybe hash once in a while. Oh, that's right. I didn't. I didn't rapid fire that one either. I'm that's really right. slow to the punch. Maybe just like, like, yeah. Neither. How about neither? Neither sounds good. Good healthy lifestyle. Good Getting ready for, for the coast. Good yeah. For <laughs> What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? All right. So this is really sweet. Um, it's maybe not the best of all time, but I was playing this little festival in the Kootenays and the. Uh, the stage was run by a generator and the generator cut out and so we lost all the power to our amps Mm -hmm. and we just had the vocal mic and the drums and we just finished the song that way Mm -hmm. so it was it just created a change in the song Mm -hmm. that made it so much more vulnerable and kind of sexy. It was really cool. And everybody just loved it. And then the power came back on we finished the song. You know, but it it actually, you know, like the the power cutting out actually changed the nature of the song. And um, it, it, um, I think it was a good reminder of how, you know, how much you can play with music 
right? To like drop different elements out and to, to shift things around or to really like kind of force yourself to be in the moment as much as possible when you're on stage and be, be present with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That Very was really cool. cool. It was a good educational and fun experience. Nice. What's the strangest job you've ever had? Um, I've had so many. Uh, nipple tassels. I made nipple tassels for strippers <laughs> out of sequins. Them? I made them no uh, with a glue gun and some sequins. I also made nipple shields. I, I work as a silversmith, so okay. I, I was making body jewelry, and I was getting so many custom orders for for custom body jewelry. Um, uh, silver nipple shields with, like, little... Like spaceships and planets and stuff on them, or spider webs and all these different custom things for hundreds of dollars. It was I was only seventeen. Um, those are weird jobs. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of strange. Lots of nipples. <laughs> Beatles or the Stones. Oh, Beatles. If you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? Hmm. Portishead. Perfect. I think I've been thinking, milling that one over for a while. <laughs> uh, what's the best Canadian city to play? Oh, oh no, Sled Island. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Not even a city, just Sled Island. Yeah. Be Sled Island. <laughs> Calgary the rest of the time sucks. <laughs> I don't know Calgary the rest of the time. I've never been booked here. You, you've only ever played sled when you've come through Calgary. Oh, no. I opened for the Big Atenias at some big fancy church years ago. That's nice. Yeah, it was pretty fancy. That's it's good. Cool. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? That would be the sexism, I think. Yeah. Homophobia, racism. Just like little, little small doses of it. The big doses is probably more than a pet peeve. Yeah, but just the, so, yeah. the, the like weird little like undermining things that that people will say just just not even thinking about it just to kind of knock you down a notch that really drives me nuts especially like when you're like setting up for a show playing a show afterwards or you know oh i could go down that road for a while but they're all (laughs) they're all along those lines like when people are so damn surprised you can play guitar yeah (laughs) wow i don't know that somebody with boobs could do something. Whoa, crazy. That's, that's wild, man. Wow. Do more than wow. Whoa. <laughs> uh, give me one of your bucket list items. I'd, I'd love to go in a in a very real way just go and study with some masterful singer you know out in the mountains somewhere in some some place far away from calgary like just <laughs> or bc pretty, just some yeah go do some kind of old school apprenticeship with some old witch somewhere cool. yeah <laughs> what's your favorite road trip album Actually, Little Dragon. I used to own a motorcycle, and I would listen to Little Dragon in my helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, really, almost any of their albums, but um, Ritual Union was a big one. Yeah. And it, there's nothing like like going down a highway, and it's just the most glidey, fun, you know, uplifting driving music ever. So yeah. Super cool. Alrighty, I've got one last question. It's. Uh it's one that if you, you think about it, you might change your answer halfway through. Uh-oh. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? Yes. Yes, eh? Just flat out? Yes. Okay. Who would it be? 
<laughs> PJ Harvey. <laughs> That'd be pretty rad. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all I have for you, Aura. Thank you so much for joining me on Inside the Art Studio. Thank you for having me and letting me rant full force. Like, uh, you don't need to be political. I'll be political. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Usually I uh, leave the listeners with a song. Did you have a song in mind you want us to play off crickets? Um, You can pick if you want, but um, the the one that I think... um, I mean, Moonbeam is yeah. is pretty sweet. Either that or Crickets, which is also fun. Well, Any of those uh, three. <laughs> let's do Moonbeam just because you you just you're promoting a video for it. So sure, I'll yeah. Leave you listeners out there with Moonbeam from Aura Kogan.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Aura Kogan. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Art Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.